Pastor Ed Taylor on where legalism and criticism will get you. If you want to live under law and legalism, then understand that you're going to be fruitless and you're going to produce poisoned fruit. You're going to be a burden giver and not a burden bearer. You're going to be more critical and more condemning. Listen, if this has been your tendency lately and you find yourself being very, very critical of people and very condemning of people, listen where you're at. You are not walking in the grace of Jesus Christ. So this is what it looks like. Oh, I love the forgiveness for me and I love the grace for me, but your failure and your sin is too far, too great. And it's just a mess. Our eyes are not on Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live there. I don't want to be there. I want to stay in that place where I'm excited bearing fruit unto God. In a life that wants poor fruit unto death, I want to bear fruit unto God. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Many who would characterize themselves as New Testament believers are still living under the Old Testament law. They're still trying to live up to a standard that is unattainable. Instead of recognizing the law was intended to show us we can't keep it, and we need a Savior who not only can save guilty sinners, but also bring about freedom and holiness in our lives. Today on Abounding Grace, we'll recognize this tendency we have so we don't miss out on the true sanctifying work of Jesus. Pastor Ed Taylor is in Romans chapter 7. So what about the law? I mean, Paul said in chapter 6, we're out from under the law. How did that happen? We'll pick up in verse 1, chapter 7. The Lord might free you today from the law and legalism in a very practical way. Paul turns his attention to his Jewish brethren and also to those who know the law. So by way of application that could be us today as we have studied through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. We'll do Deuteronomy not too long from now on our midweek Bible study. And so he says, don't you know, brethren, that would be his Jewish brethren, for I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. And that is the truth. As long as a person lives, the law has dominion. And Paul's going to say it's very simple. The only way that you and I can get out from under the law is to die. And he uses marriage as an example. Let's pick up in verse 2. For the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, she's released from the law of her husband. Very simple. The law has jurisdiction over a person as long as he lives. Even if you decide to ignore it, even if you decide that it doesn't exist or doesn't apply, it will still be in effect. And the same is true in any marriage. Your marriage covenant, your marriage vows, one man, one woman, one lifetime are in effect. That you can't just decide one day that you don't want to be married anymore. That they are in effect. And the law only provides one way out of marriage, and that is death. No getting ideas either, okay? <laughs> I'm serious. If a, wife, if a wife's husband dies, Paul says, she's released from the law of marriage. And Paul uses this analogy as our marriage to the law. 
You know, the Bible calls the church the bride of Christ. That implies a marriage relationship. Jesus Christ being the groom, you and I being the bride. That there was a time when you and I were married to the law. The law functioning as it's supposed to, to bring you and I to Jesus Christ. Verse 3, so then if while her husband lives, she marries another man, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law so that she's not an adulteress, though she has married another man. Therefore, verse 4, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law. Mark that. You've become dead to the law, Christians, through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, even to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. Verse 5, for when we were in the flesh, the passions of sins which were aroused by the law, were at work in our members to bear fruit to death. But now we've been delivered from the law, having died to that which we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of the Spirit, not in the oldness of the letter. Marriage is intended to be a binding relationship for life. And I know even now, those of you that have been divorced or in a troubled marriage now, the enemy can very easily condemn you. Paul's not teaching on marriage in this section. He's using it as an analogy. And those of you that have had tough times, just realize tough times come to every marriage. So many of you, your marriages have survived those tough times. That God is doing, doing a work in your midst. That your life now has become, oh, how it could have crashed and been destroyed. But because of Jesus Christ, you're standing here. You're sitting here. You're together. And you go, wait a minute, Ed, I'm not in that camp. Well, listen, you're married to Jesus Christ. He's your husband. And he loves you greatly. And Jesus himself says in John chapter 3 that he didn't come to condemn you. He came to forgive you. And if you've taken your failures to the cross of Jesus Christ, can I ask you just to leave them there? Don't allow every time we bring up marriage, have to stir up all of these feelings in your life. Allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you and encourage you. You see, the problem here in chapter 7, the picture is marriage, but the problem is the law. The problem is the law. We've, bound, we've been bound permanently to the law, married to it. As long as we're alive, the law is condemning our sin. The only way out is death because the law is alive. And notice verse four, therefore, my brethren, when you also have become dead to the law, death brings freedom. In marriage, it brings freedom to marry another, but spiritually, death to the law brings life in Jesus Christ. It's either or. And spiritually, God has worked the work in our lives through faith to relieve us from the burden of the law. It's no longer a list of rules and regulations. It's now a life of fruitfulness being led by the Holy Spirit. We have died to the law to be married to another, Jesus Christ. A very simple picture, yet very powerful. You realize this, right? That Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross, did not die for himself. He was sinless, sinlessly perfect. When he died on the cross, you know who he died for? You and me, our sins, our failures, our shortcomings. Sins in the past, sins in the present, sins yet still in the future. And so when Jesus did all those holy acts, he did them for us. He wasn't buried for himself. He wasn't raised again for himself. And if we believe in him, those things are credited to us. His righteousness becomes our righteousness. And we studied that in depth. That is the message of Romans. That the righteousness that is required is the righteousness that God provides. And there's new life in us. And part of that new life is having died to the law so that we might be permanently joined to Jesus Christ. 
We cannot live up to the standard of the law any way whatsoever. It's holy, it's righteous, it's just, it's good, and I'm not. I'm not. And so since the law would not die, I had to die in Jesus Christ. I'm the one that had to yield. I'm the one that had to repent. And this is so wonderful. Think about this. Once you throw off the burdens of legalism, fruitfulness becomes your life. You begin to bear fruit unto God. Notice verse four. He was raised from the dead that we should bear fruit to God. That's God's heart for your life. If you are not currently bearing fruit unto God, you are in disobedience. Oh, Ed, wait a minute. No, 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 no. It's true. Jesus Christ desires to see fruit in his vineyard. Desires to see fruit on the branches of those you and I that are plugged into him. He says that you would bear fruit to God. Grace ignites an excitement in our lives and in our hearts to bear fruit. We're alive in Jesus Christ and it is wonderful. So different than verse five when we were in the flesh, when we are apart from him because the passions of sin was, was aroused by the law. We were, they started to work in our members, he says, and we bore fruit to death. This is a, a startling contrast. Apart from Jesus Christ, a person bears fruit unto death. He says in verse six, but now we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by so that we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not the oldness of the letter. There's a fresh newness for you and I available in Jesus Christ. Our relationship with the law only arouses sin and more sin and more sinful passions. And I'm gonna relate to you, God. I've got my list. I've got what you, I'm gonna do exactly what you tell me to do. And, and yet when we don't do What's on our list? We get so bummed out and pull away from the things of God. And then when other people don't do what's on our list and we get mad at them and critical and condemning and we justify it and it's all just a big mess apart from Jesus Christ. It's just an ugly, ugly mess. And it's so hurtful and it's so damaging and it so undermines the faith of those that just wanna serve the Lord with joy and gladness. And it's so damaging and it so undermines the faith of those that just wanna serve the Lord with joy and gladness. If you wanna live under law and legalism, then understand that you're going to be fruitless and you're going to produce poisoned fruit. You're going to be a burden giver and not a burden bearer. You're gonna be more critical and more condemning. Listen, listen, if this has been your tendency lately and you find yourself being very, very critical of people and very condemning of people, listen where you're at. You are not walking in the grace of Jesus Christ. Oh, this is what it looks like. Oh, I love the forgiveness for me and I love the grace for me, but your failure and your sin is too far, too great it's just a mess. Our eyes are not on Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live there. I don't want to be there. I want to stay in that place where I'm excited, bearing fruit unto God. In a life that wants bore fruit unto death, I want to bear fruit unto God. There isn't a lot of time to waste here in these days in which we live. And I've learned that people serving under the law tend to do the very least, just the bare minimum, just what's on my checklist. There's really no desire to go any farther. They always serve in measurements. And you can tell by the way they're talking of where their heart really is. It's always measured. You'll hear people say that are under, and, and listen, listen, hear my heart, guys, because if you hear some things that are coming out of your mouth, then God is really speaking to you. You'll be surprised how much legalism creeps in. It's not just legalists. Legalism creeps into our hearts. And you'll hear people say, well, I gave the church this much. Really, you gave the church that much? And there's always an amount. There's always an accounting. I gave this much. Really, you gave that much? You know exactly how much? You, yeah, I know exactly how much. I, I volunteered this much time. Really, you know how much time? You, yeah, I know how much time I've given unto the Lord. I've really done this. 
much, and they keep track. Legalism likes to keep track because there's always an expectation to get back. It's never really an abundance. We always want to know what we've done. This is what I've done. Legalism has this tendency to want attention and attraction for what they've done. I've done this much. I've given this much. I've done this. Don't you know? Don't you know? Won't somebody know? Why don't you tell somebody what I've done? And yet the Bible says that what you do in secret before your father, he will reward you openly. And that desire to be seen by man, that desire to be known by man, it's all tendencies to relate to God, not by grace. It's always about how much I did. And you know the flip side of that? It's how much I did and how much you didn't. Look at what I've done. What have you done? Look what I do. What do you do? And it's so sinister. Serving according to what Paul says in verse 6, the letter of the law. The letter. Have you dotted your I's? Have you crossed your T's? And when finally the grace of Jesus Christ sinks into your life that you and I deserve nothing from him, but in his abundance of love, he has done for us and continues to do for us. When this finally becomes your own, how happy are you in Jesus Christ? How happy are you, man and woman, loving Jesus Christ? No longer down on yourself. No longer down on your own failures. No longer kicking yourself for the past. No longer holding it against yourself. No longer holding people's past. I mean, how free we become. No longer preoccupied with our own failures, our own lacks, our own weaknesses. You realize, you realize that it's just a list of rules and regulations that I made up or someone else made up, but it didn't come from God. There'll be many people, maybe even some of you tonight at the welcome dessert that want to know, Pastor Ed, what is it? I want to know what it takes to be a member in this church. Do you have a list? Can I just go download it from the internet and I can just go through the list and I'll do this and I'll do this and I'll do this and I want to become a member and they're shocked and maybe some of you have been shocked to find out. We say, well, is this church your home? Yes, this church is my home. Welcome. Whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where's the list? Well, here's the list. You ready? You guys want to jot it down? I got 10 things for you. Ready? Number one, love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Ah, We don't really need the other nine, do we? Just love the Lord, guys. If this is your church home, then be led by the Holy Spirit here. You don't need to conform to some external code of conduct. You love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind, and you'll be a man and a woman that loves him and lives for him, and you'll find yourself a part of the community here of what God is doing. You're not going to get a list from us. We're not going to lay it before you. It's not how you dress. It's not how you comb your hair. It's not all these external things and where you park. You know, the real members park on this side right here. These are the gold spaces on this side and uh, none of this stuff. You're just as important to us if you parked on the street as if you parked right here by the door. It doesn't matter. We, We have all these sets of rules and regulations. They creep in and they mess us up. And may God deliver us from these things. You realize there's no more expectations on your life, no more obligations as it relates to an outward legal system. Your relationship with Jesus Christ is inward from the inside out. And as you relate to him inwardly, then your life bears fruit unto God and not fruit unto death. And I don't think any one of you ever wants to bear fruit unto death again. Amen? I don't. We want to see life coming through our church. It's now no longer a legal requirement. It's now out of love. It's different. 
You see that same scenario with the list about your devotions and your prayer and your Bible reading? Listen, some of you might get the misunderstanding when I mention things like that from the pulpit. Well, I better do it. I've got to do my devotions. I don't have such a list. I don't even do devotions in the morning. I've got to do it. I better do it because if somebody does ask me, I'm going to have to tell them I don't do devotions, so I've got to do it. But you know what? If you leave here with that conclusion, you've missed the point because it's not of I got to, it's I get to. I mean, God's going to speak to me in the morning. He's going to give me direction for my day. He's going to open up his scriptures. He's going to speak life into my life. He's going to speak this wonderful change in me. I get to do this. Instead, the newness of the spirit, not the letter of the law, says I get to study God's word. I get to worship with other believers. I get to serve him. I get to be a part of something God is doing on the earth today. Hallelujah. I mean, it is awesome. It's not I got to. It's I get to. I hope it stirs you up. I hope you're just like, yes, God is so good to me. I I fall short so much, but he loves me. Paul says you're dead to the law by the body of Christ. Now you bring forth more fruit. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering. Let's stop right there. Think about this. The fruit of the spirit is peace, peace. This inward calmness that you're no longer at war with God. This inward calmness that he loves you and you love him. And he's going to lead you by his spirit. He's going to tell you what he wants from your life. He's going to minister to you. You know, a church flowing in the grace of God will grow stronger and deeper and especially more fruitful for his kingdom. You'll be excited, this church will, about Jesus Christ and your relationship with him. Something new is happening in my heart. We don't have time to go through it, but jot it down. I want you to read this. Do it for homework. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31. And Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 26. And just read the whole chapter to get the big picture. But we're told by God that there is a new covenant coming that's going to be written on the hearts of men, not on tablets of stone. A new covenant that's going to be written by God sensitively and personally and powerfully on the tablets of your heart. And so now our lives become a spiritual adventure directed by the Lord daily. Now, I know that's hard for those of you that like to keep schedules. Maybe you're an A-type personality and you like to keep schedules. I got to accomplish this, 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 and this, and I'm going to accomplish this. And this is what God has given me today, but you're really not flexible throughout the day. I know what that's like. I'm like that. I love to have things scheduled. I love to have things in order. I love to cram as much as I can into a day to use as much as my time as possible. But I've learned over the years that in my schedule, I need to be writing with a pencil and not a pen because God could have something totally different for me today. He could speak to my heart about everything that I've planned, but then God, a phone call comes and everything changes. An email comes through and everything changes. An open door, something the Lord has, and I want to be sensitive to that because sometimes he'll direct me to stop when I want to go. And sometimes he'll direct me to go when I want to stop. And I'm wanting to step out in this direction and God says, no, I don't want you to step out in that direction, son. I want you to go over here. So I want you to make a left over there when you thought you were going to make a right. And I'm like, I want to make a right, but he told me to make a left and I want to make a left. And it's all down to being led by the Spirit. It's an adventure. I want to close with this in Isaiah chapter 30. Would you turn there with me? Isaiah chapter 30. Isaiah 30, this is such a great passage of Scripture that as we look at it together, we understand that there is a tremendous amount of fruit as the Lord leads you. This scripture has great meaning in my life because it was in 1999 that Marie and I and a couple other families were on our way to another city thinking that was from God. 
we were so excited about planning a church and we had concluded that this was the right city. All the doors seemed to be opening. Everything seemed to be going until God firmly shut that door. He said, I don't want you going there. And it plunged me into one of the deepest, darkest times in my Christian life. I was not a happy camper. I wasn't even sure at times that I was a believer. Could I even hear from God? His words seemed to be so cold to me. I seemed to not care. But I had people in my life that kept my eyes on Jesus during that time. And if it wasn't for my journaling, I probably wouldn't even remember some of the deep, dark times that I went through during that. And then God exploded in my heart with this verse. I believe it's actually the last chapter or the last day in the devotional from Oswald Chambers on my utmost for his highest. Listen, if you're dark and down and out right now and you're downtrodden and discouraged, do not forsake God's word, please. Don't turn your back on people that love you. Don't, don't just throw them to the curb. Don't say, well, I don't care about them. Oh, I know it may not come out of your mouth, but it's coming out of your life. People love you and care for you. We know it's difficult, but you need to hear the truth. You need to know what's right. Don't, don't expect everybody to come alongside and say, oh, no, I'm so sorry you're there. Because that might be the first words out of their mouths and the second words out of their mouths is, hey, get up. Get up and get back in the game. Serve the Lord with joy and gladness. God is your strength. He's your hope. He's your help. And I love this. In Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21, your ears shall hear a word behind you. I didn't give you the verse, huh? <laughs> Sorry. You're supposed to find it. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. Let's look at it again. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. Remember Elijah, he confused all the noise with the voice of the Lord, the earthquake, the wind, the fire. But what was it in Elijah's life? It was that still, small voice. Say, hey, I want you to go this way. I want you to get up tonight. I want you to get up late and seek me late in the late hours. Amen, Lord. Or the Lord might tell you, no, no, I want you to get up real early and seek me. And I'm like, ah, I don't like that one. <laughs> real early? How early is early, Lord? You know? He might tell you to go and talk to that person that just came into your office. He, he might say, hey, make that call. Send that email. He might say, no, don't make that call and don't send that email, but it's an adventure. And let's be careful not to reconstruct this dynamic, life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ with a bunch of lists of rules and regulations, principles and policies. Let's live in the newness of the Spirit. Let's serve in the newness and Spirit and realize God is real. And he lives inside of you, empowering you and leading you away from the check marks and into the land of fruitfulness, the land of joy and peace, the land of abundance, the land that there's no more lethargy and no more apathy and no more sinful rebellion, just a softness of heart knowing that I love God and he loves me. And he has freed me from the law to serve him in the newness of the spirit. I mean, that is so cool that God would do that for us. This is Abounding Grace, and you're listening to a message from pastor and Bible teacher Ed Taylor. It's part of our series in Romans. Simply go online to hear it again at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Again, we're at AboundingGraceRadio.com. More and more people these days are accessing our teachings through our app, not only is it super convenient, but it's easy, too. You can download that right now. Search for Calvary Aurora and start listening to Pastor Ed through your mobile devices. 
Maybe you've used the Voice Memo app on your phone for various reasons. Well, we'd like to encourage you to use it to send Pastor Ed a question. Or you might even share a testimony of how God is using abounding grace in your life. We might use it on a future radio program, so we ask that you please keep it relatively short. Just record your question or testimony and then email it to us at ed at edtaylor.org. That's ed at edtaylor.org. Well, as you know, Valentine's Day falls within the month of February, and with that in mind, we thought we'd recommend a book that can be of some help to our single listeners in particular. It's called A Love Letter Life and written by Jeremy and Audrey Roloff. They write, if you can fall into love, you can fall out. True love is something you choose to live out each day through your actions, decisions, and sacrifices. That's just a taste of what you'll receive in A Love Letter Life. Learn how to date intentionally, pursue creatively, and love faithfully. We'll send you a copy with our thanks for a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. Reach us toll-free at 877-30-GRACE. Again, the number is 877-30-GRACE. Thank you for your generous support. It is one huge avenue of God's supply and helps us cover some of the costs of being on the radio. You can make a secure donation online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. We'll return to Romans next time on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. May God richly bless you with His abounding grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, 